Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Razzball Fantasy Hockey Podcast. This is Reed, joined by Viz again. As always, Viz, we finally got snowfall here in Buffalo. Um, it's cold as hell outside right now. Not a huge fan. Uh, we should get right into some hockey news, though, because I think there was quite a bit of uh, like injury updates. Also, want to say hello to our listener in Saudi Arabia <laughs> and China yeah. and Japan. And it looks like Laos or uh, Cambodia. I can't really tell based on the map, but... Hello there. Yeah, I couldn't believe I was looking at the maps. I, don't, I mean, I don't know how accurate the blog talk radio stuff is, but I, I can't imagine they're pulling it out of thin air. I was just dying laughing at Saudi Arabia. and uh, <laughs> there, was, there was one of the countries in Africa, like, oh, God, it's going to uh, Angola. Angola. Was right. it, it was, yeah, I said Angola. It yeah. wasn't the only one, though. We, well, had, no, Sal- we had South Saudi, Africa right, as well, South Africa, South Africa, like, there's some transplants there. Like, it's not, like, as completely shocking to me. Like, to me, like, South Africa almost seems like its own country from itself from uh the rest of africa with how developed it is at least in certain parts but yeah Angola, and saudi arabia that's pretty funny but i'll say this to our saudi arabia listener if you're still listening if you're still listening please post in the comment section what fantasy league you're involved in and whether it's a whether it includes people from north america or whether it is with other people in the middle east because I am hella interested next year in joining that fantasy hockey league. Yeah, that's because that's that, serious. Or if you get, if you get to watch games at all and you watch them at, I don't even know what the time. Did. Aren't they like sixteen hours or something? It's something ridiculous. So, um, actually, that wouldn't be that bad. Then that would be like morning time for them. Yeah, I'm trying to think exactly. Yeah, it would. Wouldn't it, it would be morning time. Um. Switzerland's eight hours ahead. It's uh, let's see. six oh, hours. No, ahead. See, they're only they're only eight hours from here. Yeah, because Switzerland's six hours ahead. London's okay. f- uh, England's five hours. So that means a West Coast game would be at six a.m. and others would be at three. Yeah, if you watch any hockey at all, uh, props to you. But uh, news <laughs> news wise, uh, Getzlaff and Raquel or uh, not Raquel, Raquel already is back. Getzlaff and Kessler are going to be back in the next week or two. I mean, obviously, get them right back in your lineup. They're desperately needed. It, it could end up uh, killing Henrique's short-term value. We'll have to see how they use him once they get back. There's a chance he plays on the wing, and he's still valuable. He's been very good since he got there. So uh, just keep an eye on that. Uh, other duck stuff, uh, I mean, well, we'll get to that later. Um, what else you got news-wise? Um, I... Hold on. I'm looking at No, I don't have any other big big news. Uh Marc Andre Fleury has started practicing again. Mm-hmm. Um that's good news. I think he is definitely a Well, we'll get to him later cuz I'm going to ask you whether he's a good buy low option. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, Zabinajad got put on IR with his concussion. I mean, that was just a, a formality, really. Uh, Justin Schultz went on the IR out of nowhere, really. Uh, happened this morning. He he left Tuesday's game, and it said with a lower body, but it didn't sound that in, uh, serious. But, you know, he's out at least three games now, I guess. Ole Mata's been solid this year. He's probably been better than Schultz has anyway, so. You can pick him up uh, if he's still available. I'm fine with that. Otherwise, there there hasn't been too much in on the injury front. I mean, Johansson's day-to-day doesn't sound like it's going to be too long. He's already missed a couple games. Yeah. Um, Austin Matthews came back, and uh, I know the Toronto fans aren't going to be happy to hear this. He did not look 100% at all in those games. Um, there was a couple, there are a couple national writers watching the game. And I was thinking the same thing where normally he's the one who sets up everybody else, Mm -hmm. but now it seems like everyone else is doing the work and trying to set him up. And to me, that says that he's not at a hundred percent because that's not his, that's not where his game has been when he's healthy. Yeah, he didn't, um, he didn't look great yesterday against uh, Calgary. Calgary. Then again, like, not many guys on Toronto did, but Frederick Anderson stole the show and got them to win. Um, other stuff, uh, Crawford's on IR, Corey Crawford, but he, Quenville said there's a good chance he's going to be back Sunday already, so not much of a big deal there. Silverberg's missed the last four games. He's a guy I was talking about last week. And, of course, he ends up missing the, the next four games. Once he's back, he, I think he's must-own right now. The minutes he's getting are great. Shot rate's outstanding. He was a game-time decision the other day, so I don't expect it to be long at all. Uh, Oshi missed the last game. Doesn't sound like it's going to be too too long for him, though. Uh, I don't even know if he'll get an IR stint out of him. Uh, uh, ben Bishop's out for tonight against the Blues with the sore back day-to-day. Didn't even fly uh, to St. Louis. I have no faith in Kyrie Lettinen. This could plummet the Stars if Bishop misses any real time, so keep an eye on that. I know I know Lettinen played well his last game, but I don't trust him at all. Uh, Longquist didn't play against the Pines the other day because he's sick. Again, not a big deal. I have even less faith in Andre Pavlich than I have in Lettinen. And I think that runs down everybody. Yeah, I think yeah, I think so too. Um, oh, Luongo, he's out. He's uh, a big, big one. one. Yeah, he's out indefinitely. I don't know how much faith I have in in Reimer. Uh, Bob Bogner said it could be anywhere from two weeks to five weeks, depending on how he rehabs. I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna push towards the the higher end, just because he's older and groin it's hard for it to recover in even two weeks. So, oh, Reimer's had his stretches in the past, but Florida's kind of a mess right now. I don't I don't have much faith in him. I mean, if you're desperate for starts, I'm fine with picking him up just to see, but uh, I wouldn't be itching to get him in my lineup right away or anything. Right. Um, one last thing. We did mention Corey Crawford, right? Yeah, yeah. Quenville said he'll be back Sunday, or more than likely be back Sunday. Forsberg... He's just not a good goalie. He's been fine for no. this year, actually, but until until last night where he he got lit up by Washington. His team didn't give him much help, but 
yeah, Crawford, if you get, you're lucky enough to have him on IR spot or an IR spot, that's good. But you know, if you're in a head to head league and you're down in goalie stats, make sure to get him back in your lineup on Sunday. And obviously in a roto league, you want him back in for yeah, because um, they're playing Arizona too. So right, the problem is that Chicago back. without Crawford, I think, just looks lost. I. Yeah, he's been you know, low, we keep talking. He doesn't get enough credit for how good he is. He's no, been he really, key, really good. I mean, he's had a 9.30 save percentage this year, well, and he's only got 11 wins. I mean, you look at his numbers for most years; the wins are through the roof because the team is so good. Like last year, he had a 9.18 save percentage, but he he won 32 of 55 starts. So you know, you're batting a 60 percent clip this year. He's barely over 500, but. And that big reasons why is his save percentage. So, yeah, he's when they won the first cup, he wasn't that great. Ever, ever since, really, he's been above league average every single year. He's a model of consistency, and this has probably been his best year to date so far. Yeah, he, they really need him back. In yeah, the lineup. If, I mean, if he gets back soon, we're going to talk about who we would give the awards to as well. Like, he's. A finalist probably for the Vezina right now, it would probably take Bob falling off a little bit to catch him, but we still got a lot of season left, so it's in play, that's for sure. Um, yeah, okay, so that's it for the injury front, it looks like. Yeah. Um, other, like, just big topic things before we get into our little uh, segments here mm-hmm. um let's see new jersey still uh leading the pace for the metro division are we surprised that they're still in first i i don't think it's gonna last I, i'm starting to have some doubt I, I, mostly just because i'm buying the teams behind them more than them i mean if, if Schneider <laughs> keeps playing this well then they could stay, but at the same time, the gap is closing. You look at where they are now. They're at 36 points. They're four points out of being in sixth. You know, granted, they've only played 27 games. Some of the teams behind them have played one or two more, but I don't know. By the end of it, I would gun ahead. I'd still say that I'd say they missed the playoffs, but I don't feel great about that. They it, it probably have better than a, a 50% chance, but I think Honestly, I think all the teams behind them going down to the Rangers had better than a 50% chance to make the playoffs. I, I would be shocked if there aren't five teams from the Metro making it in this year. So I'm impressed by, you know, Taylor Hall has been great. Vatnin uh, looks like a nice addition. The question to me is, you know, Zajac in theory is going to come in to replace Henry. He's slow as hell. Is that going to take away from them? Uh, quite a bit. Do they care enough to try to make the playoffs this year that they make a trade at the deadline to kind of push? Because, you know, Columbus's team is close enough. I could see them adding for sure. Washington's window is closing. They're definitely going to add. Pittsburgh's in that window as well, obviously. Uh, the Islanders, I assume they're going to have to try to push to try to get Tavares to stay. And then the Rangers, too, are in this kind of no-man's-land territory. If they fall off, sure, they could sell, you know, Nash as a UFA to be, maybe they make a bigger trade. But at the same time, like, 
they've been playing very well. They have a plus 10 goal differential, which is tied for the best in the division. I think they're a pretty good team, so I could see them adding another piece or two as well. So, you know, New Jersey seems a year ahead of schedule, and does that change their outlook? Do they care that they're a year ahead of schedule or just let, you know, things take its course and see if the young guys can keep rolling? It's a it's an interesting choice for them to make. I'm kind of glad I don't have to make it myself. Maybe it ends up answering itself by the time the trade deadline comes around, but I don't think they're going to fall off the map completely either. I know you like the Devils team a lot, and I, do. I can't blame you. Um, does it worry you, uh, I guess staying on the Rangers here, does it worry you that they've played 18 home games and only nine road no, road games, which means they have more games on the road Many uh, way more road games mm-hmm. coming up, and they're four and five on the road. Which, like, if you can stay at five hundred, mm-hmm. real five hundred on the road, then you're in good and then shape. just and then be above five hundred at home. Like you're in good shape, right? Um, they're four and five on the road. Are you worried about how many more road games they have, or how road heavy the rest of their season schedule is going to be? Um. Yeah, I mean, you obviously have to take take it for value. I mean, that is a big deal because the Rangers are, what, 11-5 and five at home? Yeah, 11-5-2. Five five two. So, and you got to imagine a lot of these games are coming on the road against, you know, teams in their division. It must be coming up later in the year, though, because you look at the rest of this month and they got about an even home roads, but they actually might have more home games than – and road games in the stretch. Yeah, end of January, they go out west for a handful of games. February, they got another road trip. So, oh, They've been a team in the past, though, that has done fairly well on the road. You know, they usually don't have as good of a home ice advantage as they do this year. They, they play a good speed game. I don't think it's too big of a deal. They have nice depth. The depth, it just it makes a bigger difference in the regular season, you know, they get an injury to Zabinijad and they've been fine. They've been winning without him, even against uh, Pittsburgh the other day. I mean, obviously, it is a bit of concern. Would I pick them to finish fifth in the division? Probably. I would, Again, I, I don't really feel good about it. I mean, I can see all outcomes for these six teams. I mean, even Pittsburgh, you know, they're in fifth right now. But, I mean, that's only because they played two more games than the Rangers. You know, their goal differential is the worst of all of them. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, I just – I have my doubts about all these teams, and I like all these teams. So, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> Another thing, too, is do these teams want to finish fourth in the division to cross over like the Rangers did last year? Does that lead teams to pseudo-tanking to get that spot? Does it also – or all those – are these teams able to even do that if there are six teams pushing for it and you risk missing the playoffs otherwise? Because there's no doubt in my mind, whoever finishes third in the other in the Atlantic, uh, my money would be on Boston at this point, although Montreal is certainly in play. The other the other teams are other four are just all a mess right now. So that's the dream spot again, right? I mean, I know you have to play Tampa in the second round then. Or, or I mean, you have to play Toronto in the first round or in the second round in Tampa in the first round, but even still, like, 
it's just such a better path than having to deal with, you know, what these teams did last year, you know, Washington or, or, or you know, Pittsburgh had to play Columbus, then Washington, sure, they got through it and they won the cup, but that's not what you're looking for. Uh, Toronto, yeah. Toronto's in the dream spot, really. I think that's where you see the pseudo tank is I don't think they try to push Tampa Bay at the end of the year. I think they want to finish second and get to play Montreal or Boston. Yeah, if I'm Toronto, I do not want to um, play. Right now, it would be the Islanders. I well, no, I mean they would get Montreal. The uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, the, Tampa or no? If I'm Toronto, mm-hmm. I don't want to finish first. Yeah, they play Pittsburgh now have, right now. Yeah, then you're playing Pittsburgh and <laughs> Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Man, do you know how hard it is to bet against them? Yeah, it's a completely different animal. Yeah. I mean, um, well, I mean what, how brutal would that be for Tampa for that to be your first-round mashup after you, like, storm the league? I mean, they're at 40 points now in 27 games in first in the league. I mean, not by much, but still, even despite just a 6-4 and six and four stretch, really, that would just be a, a brutal outcome. Um. Okay, I guess we should move on to the um, buy low. Mm-hmm. Candidates, um, yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, go, go ahead. How many guys do you have? Just out of curiosity, I have like two or three. Okay, yeah, I have three buys and three sells. Uh, two of my buys are goalies, though. So okay, it's a little different, but uh, go ahead. You you were gonna start, so go ahead. All right, I'm gonna buy low. In fact, I want to see how much his ownership is in, um, in average leagues because I think he might even still be on the waiver wire and at this point I am like all in on picking him up um the name is Tom the name is Tom Wilson everybody oh um I don't say this out of uh, like reactionary because he had a four point night the other night so he's available and holy shit in over 91% of leagues mm-hmm. Um, he has 13 points through 25 games. He has 68 penalty minutes, which is – I didn't know anyone could have that many penalty <laughs> minutes so far this season. Um, the reason I think you should, A, pick him up immediately, or if he's available, buy incredibly low on him. Right now they're playing him with uh, Ovechkin and Backstrom. Um, I think Ovechkin's going to end up winning – the Rocket Richard this year. I think he's going to have the most goals in the league. The reason I say buy low or pick up Tom Wilson, not just because it's not like Tom Wilson is this big bruising, like, uh, like I don't want to say Marcus Foligno, but he's not like this bruiser that uh, is a Neanderthal with the puck. Tom Wilson was the 16th overall pick in his draft in 2012. And I know 2012 wasn't the strongest draft in the world, but to be the 16th pick, you have to have you had to have um, displayed some level of skill, and I think last year in the playoffs it was sort of a uh, un under the radar story that when Tom Wilson was out on the ice, they actually did produce a lot of chances, and he was involved in it when I, when the fourth line was getting minutes, and then they saw they increased his ice time as the playoffs went. I think this could be a guy that they keep on this top line for even if it's just for the short term. I don't see any world where he drops back to the 
to the third line. He's averaging 15 minutes a game. And, like, his ice time is drastically increasing. I think you're going to see... It's not the breakout moment. It could be, but I don't think it is just yet. But I think he's definitely showing that you could buy for next to nothing. Yeah, you can pick him up, basically. Or you can pick him up, too. I think that's definitely a guy that I am, like, trying to get him. I think yeah, I mean, that's you, my first. If you one. look at his minutes, you know he's been averaging more than fifteen lately. If you go back uh, through his last nine games, he's played over fifteen, thirteen. All most of the time, he's in the sixteen to eighteen range. I mean, if obviously to me, this all depends. If your league doesn't have penalty minutes as a category for whatever reason, then obviously this changes everything. But yeah, if he's playing this role, if he can even get you. 40 points you're getting a huge value because he's probably going to get you 200 penalty minutes as well uh, i'd like to see the shot rate keep up he's had three each of the last two games he's barely over one on the season so he's a guy i would like a lot more in in a head-to-head format because he could win you penalty minutes by himself in a week that wouldn't roto just because yeah he's going to help you in the penalty minutes but he's also going to bury you in shots where on head-to-head it's not going to Kill you as much, but uh, it'll be interesting. I, I hope he stays there. Honestly, this team needs more balance than they have. I'm not sure he necessarily is the reason why he gives them more balance, but just loading up the first line doesn't do them any good. I assume Jason is the guy who's going to drop down for Oshi once Oshi gets back, and not Wilson. Definitely something to keep an eye on. He, at the least, you know, I've been streaming him a decent amount. He is the best streamer for penalty minutes. Uh, Andrew Shaw is close. He's not going to give you as many penalty minutes, but he's probably going to give you a little bit more offense right now. But those two are definitely guys I could get behind. Um, the first guy I had was, uh, I mean, this is these guys, all mine are owned in the majority of leagues except the last one. Uh, Devin Dubnik. Save percentage only at 914. Goals against 2.78. Doesn't look great, but while they're getting healthy, uh, you know, he was having a great game the other day and then gave up four goals late in the game to the Kings, which is quite unfortunate. You look at the wild schedule going forward, it's not as bad as one would imagine. They're going to get Spurgeon back momentarily. Dumba's finally coming along, which is. Uh, a great sign for them getting all the forwards back. Like they've just been such a beat up team. And we have a history of, of Dubnik being a very good goalie. You know, his average save percentage, including this year over uh, the last two plus seasons is a nine twenty. He started more games than anybody in that stretch that qualifies with a, you know, above nine fifteen save percentage. So the volume is going to be excellent as well, especially because Stalock looks just as bad as Kemper or everyone else did in the past. I don't know if his name value is going to keep his uh, value up as high, but I think in the second half of the year, he's probably a top five goalie. I don't know if you'd have to give up that much to get him. That's fair. Uh, My next buy low... Don't even think he is. Oh, I guess there is um, 
news. Well, we're going to try and break it. Hopefully it comes during the podcast, everybody. The uh, Matthew Kachuk had a meeting with um, player safety for, I think it was a slash he had or it was a dirty hit. And the game last night, he was going back and forth with Garner the whole time. I mean, I don't know. I didn't really see anything bad. If anything, uh, he got it a couple times too. You know, Anderson gave him a blocker to the head and some other shit. I mean, I don't know. Kachuk was doing what Kachuk does, but uh, yeah, he is the modern day Claude Lemieux, and it is beautiful to see. He ended up with zero penalty minutes too, which this is actually frustrating if you're a Matthew Kachuk owner. He has zero penalty minutes in his last 10 games. Mm. Also, how is that possible for him? I don't know. <laughs> um, He probably comes in as a buy low candidate. Yeah, I was going to actually put him on my list if I went deeper just because you know, the minutes are there. Penalty minutes, the minutes are, are going to come back. And... The shot rate is there as well. Mm-hmm. Like He's at about two and a half a game. Like... 17 points in 27 games. You drafted him for penalty minutes, and he's actually not really delivering that much on that. I mean, he's still been fine. Right. 29 PIMs in 27 games, though. Like, Also, I guess you could argue 29 penalty minutes in 17 games because he's got none in his last right. 10. I, it's still it's going to get back there, and I think the goals are going to produce. Calgary was in a little bit of a funk. I think they're going to get over it. I think people, um, anxious owners in your league, are going to be nervous about him. So he's a he's probably my second buy low candidate mm-hmm. right now. Um, do we? You have a couple more? Yeah, I mean the quick one is just John Gibson too because the Ducks are getting healthy. He's another guy who's going to who's put up a great save percentage. You know, Ryan Miller has been very very good. That might actually be a reason why he'll be able to buy Gibson even lower. I just think this Ducks team was able to tread water long enough that they're probably going to get dangerous really soon. But uh, it's just, it's the same kind of deal as uh, as Dubnik. I think even to a bigger extreme because the Ducks have been gutted even more than than the Wild were. Who do you have as your third guy? Um, no, I actually have more. I have some uh, sell candidates uh, right uh, now. The last, last buy I had was Cam Fowler. Uh, he's actually yes. available in a decent amount of leagues right now. Uh, Double-checking his percentage before I keep going. Um, but the big reason is the minutes are through the roof, and their D is actually healthy now. You know, With Vatnin gone, it's opened up a lot. He hasn't been great, especially in the shot department, which is disappointing. He's only had 23 shots in 17 games. I'm going to imagine that turns around just because last year he's had like two and a quarter a game. I don't know why that would drop so much. You look at his game log uh, minutes played in the last 10 games, 23, 22, 23, 25, 24, 21, 23, 28, 31, 24 and a half. Like the minutes are insane right now. Uh, He's available in over 50% of leagues. He has a point and, Six of the last nine games, three or four of the last five. Like he's coming on right now. It's only going to get better once once Getzlaff, Kessler get back, and Silverberg too. So I would definitely grab Fowler if he's available in your league right now. Yeah, um, I actually do have one more buy low candidate. I 
can't believe I forgot about him. Um, his name, we've talked about him a lot. He's owned in 81% of leagues, so you're there's still a chance you could grab him on the waiver wire mm-hmm. for the 19% of you that are lucky. Also, the 19% of you that foolishly have not picked him up yet. Uh, Brock Besser, um, 25 points in 25 games. He's uh, about two and a half shots a game. Like, he's the real deal. Yeah. And... I didn't even realize he was that low. Like, I had him in our money league all year, and I just I drafted him just like, see what happened the first week, and I'm just, I haven't caught him. I've never let go of him since. It's crazy. He's still at only 8% on him. He's at a point per game. Yeah. Um. All right, so now for some sell candidates. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start off, and I can't believe I'm going to do this because he is probably the front runner for the uh, Calder Trophy. Um, Clayton Keller, I'm actually selling. Okay. Um, part of the reason is he's sort of uh, cooled off a bit in his last couple of games. Uh, he still has 23 points on the year. 20, hold on, where is he? Uh, Clayton Keller. Yeah, 23 points, 11 goals, 12 assists. He's a minus 17, so he's burying you there. So, okay. Um, eight special teams points, 87 shots. So he's at two and a half. He's almost three. He's, he's really close to three shots a game. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm selling is, for one, he's cooled off a lot. And two, he's played more games than anybody else. They've played 30 games. Mm-hmm. You're not getting as many games out of him as you are other people. So that's part of the reason why I'm selling high. Right now, there's still the stigma that Clayton Keller is a god, which I still think he's going to be a top 10 player in the league at some point in the next few years. But right now, I think I can get great value for him. Yeah, I don't hate the idea at all in a a redraft. Maybe you get someone who thinks he's going to keep this up. You never know. A rookie could hit the wall. There's, you know, Arizona. I mean, he could just keep killing you in plus minus, too. So, yeah, go keep. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm on board with this one for sure. No, that's fine. That was pretty much it. Like, mm-hmm. I think I made my peace with it. Yeah. Uh, my big one was uh, Joe Pavelski. I, I know he hasn't had a, <laughs> a good year anyway, so, you know, he's only got 13 points in 26 games. Although he's given you great penalty minutes and, uh, you know, a decent shot rate. You know, the problem is, you know, the minutes are just training really in the wrong direction. You know, the last three games, 16, 15, 13 and a half. I'm just starting to think, I mean, he is older than most. There could be a chance that we're just seeing a decline here, a changing of the guard in San Jose. I mean, Burns hasn't been as great. Velsky's uh, going in the wrong direction too. I mean, he's such a big name. He's a guy who's going in the second round and drafts. You know, maybe you can get someone to bet on him bouncing back, but I'm just I'm not there. I just I don't. He doesn't look good. You know, that line, him and Thorne together, just looks slow all the time. No matter who they're against, and it's weird because the Sharks are doing very well, but it's not because of those guys. And you know, could he bounce back? Sure, if the power play gets going, I do expect it to happen somewhat. But I mean, they just. That first line does not look good at all. And like I said, the minutes are in the wrong direction. If you could sell Pavelski just based on the name, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, they don't score 
Um, San Jose is what I thought the Kings were going to be this year. Right. They've given up 61 goals, which I think is the best in the league or second best. Mm -hmm. No, I think it is best in the league. Yeah, it is. Um, They've only scored 66. Like, that's horrible. Yeah, that's... That's second, second lowest. Worst, yeah. yeah, only the Sabres, who, Jesus. Um, only the Sabres have scored fewer goals this year. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That's just yikes. Um, my sell low candidate, or my sell kind of candidate, I guess. <laughs> I don't really know how to like phrase it because he's only owned in 61% of leagues. Uh, Jacob Truba. Nine points through 28 games. He's a little over two shots a game. Like, they're they're talking about how he's been a really good defenseman for them this year, and it's true. He's been very good for them this year in a shutdown role. And that's not what you want as a fantasy hockey owner. You want points. You want defensemen that score. That's why Will Butcher, while not a better in real life defenseman than Jacob Truba is a better fantasy defenseman than Jacob Truba. So like, that's why we prioritize Kevin Shattenkirk over Ryan McDonough in fantasy hockey, but in real hockey, no one's ever doing that. Right. So I think it's important to keep in mind. I feel like I should re up my article that I did like two years ago on how these in time, like these real life, like very, very, very elite hockey players, sometimes are pretty below average fantasy players, mm-hmm. fantasy players. And then these average on ice and these average names are actually elite fantasy players. Um, another guy I want to bring up. Yeah. Matt I'll just, Duchesne. Yeah. I'll just quick on true, but like, okay, good. now that the, the Jets have decent defensive depth, it's hurting him too. He played almost 25 minutes a game last year. He's down to 21 this year. And that obviously goes a long way in and of itself. Uh, you're right, though. I mean, in, anything deeper than a 12-er, I'd probably hold on just to hope that things turn around. But you know, in a normal 12-man league right now, I'm just cutting bait. Yeah. Um, okay, so Matt Duchesne, are you – he's owned in 49% of leagues, 48.7% of leagues. So he's right about halfway. Are you – is he a buy low or a sell high candidate? Because he has been dreadful. I don't even know if since could, coming. I don't over. even know if you could even sell high on him. I I don't really buy in though. Like if you you look at how they're using him, like I thought he was going to play with Hoffman, but he, he's playing with Zach Smith and Zing and Ryan Zingle. They're keeping Hoffman with Peugeot. They loaded up the first line, Brassard, Stone, and Ryan. Like I, I, Duchesne's not in a great. You know he's actually. You know, he's in a worse spot with terms of linemates than he was in Colorado. Sure, he's on a way better power play unit, uh, in theory, at least with Hoffman and Carlson. But I'm kind of selling. I I still love his talent, but I just – I have to see it for some stretches, and he just – he hasn't shown anything to this point. And uh, Ottawa's just a mess. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, there's all this talk. Carlson saying he basically wants a max uh, in a year and a half. So they got that looming over their heads. It sucks for them because they're wasting. Stone has been excellent. Bradford's been excellent. Hoffman's been his usual good self. 
Uh, Peugeot is solid, and they're still getting buried mostly because goaltending sucks, and the blue line still sucks. I mean, now Shabbat's up finally, and they're playing him with with Fanuf. He should be playing more than he is. He's their second best defenseman already. I get that yep. you know he is a righty, so you're not going to play him with Carlson, but. He should be playing 20 minutes a game, night in and night out. Fanoff and CC just suck. They get killed. It doesn't end. Maybe CC being out is a blessing in disguise for for now. I don't know. I mean, there's no reinforcements coming either. I mean, Colin White could be back. That's about it. He's not going to change everything. I, I just don't like this Ottawa team right now outside of, you know, Stone, Hoffman. And, and Carlson even hasn't been that good, but obviously you're not getting rid of him. Uh, Brassard's fringe, Duchesne's fringe too. It, I, I don't know. I'm not really buying into a resurgence, really. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give one more. I guess I have one more buy low candidate, okay. and it's a really big name, mm-hmm. and you sort of just like sparked my idea behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Carlson. And you're thinking, why would anyone sell Eric Carlson? Eric Carlson hasn't registered a point in nine straight games. He's been a minus player in, looks like, I think seven of those nine games. And he's got a goal and 16 assists through 21 games on the year. He's over two shots a game, close to three. He's like 2.67 shots per game. Mm -hmm. The reason I say buy low and I think a lot of what's been wrong with Ottawa, they've they're one seven and one in their last nine. They've played seven of those nine on the road. Like they've been absolutely buried by the schedule. This is an atro- this is an atrocious part of their schedule. And they're going to break through it. They do have more road games because they had so many road games or home games to start the year. They've already played 14 games at home. They've played seven of their last... They're going to be playing eight of the last ten on the road with their uh, game tonight. And they're still at 13 road games compared to 14 home games. Like yeah, They played... They had all of their games at home to start. Um, I think Ottawa will bounce back to a degree i expect them to stay around fake 500 once their schedule evens out and they get more things like home games but, but is it really I, I mean you just said it yourself they've already they've played more home games than road games so is it really going to even out i mean obviously compared to this well, stretch the, but well after this next game in la they've had a they're on a west coast trip right now my assumption is that they have to play at san jose after their game against the kings tonight I haven't even looked at their schedule, but I'm assuming that's what it is because that's how most of the schedule makers do it. They're probably like then they'll be fifty fifty the rest of the way, so they'll get home games still. They'll still have to play on the road, but this this road trip has been awful. Like their late their last five games have been at Montreal, at the Islanders, at Winnipeg, at Anaheim, and now at the Kings. Those none of those are easy games, especially with how Montreal's played. Yeah the last 10, 15 games, like none of those were easy. Their games before that home against the Islanders at Columbus, at Washington, at the Rangers, like how many of those games would they have been favored in regardless? Well, that's how many teams are they going to be favored against? (laughs) They're just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, 
I don't think this team like, there's a even sniff the playoffs at this point. I just think I don't, Anderson, yeah, I Anderson and Condon, like Anderson gave them such good goaltending last year. I just it doesn't look like he's anywhere near that level. You only can get by so long when Carlson's not playing like a demigod. They only can do so much because they just get killed whenever he's off the ice, and they have for years. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This team—they're even worse than I than I thought they were going to be, and I picked them to finish sixth in the division. Granted, there are two teams worse than them, and I picked them to be out of Ottawa too. The Sabres division—that the Atlantic's just a a mess. The Atlantic is just horrible yeah. this year. The, the other two sell guys I have, and it's feels kind of weird saying it because i i mean they're both on nashville and nashville's just absolutely killing it right now uh, kyle turris the points are there and i don't necessarily think they're going to go away but they're only playing them like 14 15 minutes a game i don't think that's going to change either like it just seems to be what they want to do they want to give his line heavy offensive zone starts which is nice but they're not giving him big minutes he's had one game where he got good minutes with johansson even with johansson he's been playing 14 15 minutes the shot rate sucks. Uh, I don't know how much you could even get for him. He was cut in some leagues, but I don't know. I, I'm hesitant to say he's going to buy back or bounce back at least this year. Like long term, I still love him. Maybe they start to play him more, but I haven't really seen much. Didn't think that's going to happen, especially while they're they're rolling and they're atop the the Western Conference right now. It's something to keep. And I, I wouldn't necessarily count on him buying back, I guess, more than I'm looking to, to sell him. A guy I would sell is Matthias Eckholm. He's been outstanding, and he's amazing in real life, but this screams fluke to me, especially because Ryan Ellis is going to be back soon, and I would guess that Eckholm loses his power play spot then. There is a chance they use two defensemen on each unit, but traditionally they like they like Iverson on the point. He's not going to – he's not going to – be out there in place of Yossi, Subban, or Ellis. So I think that could really kill that Colm's value if he loses his power play spot. Plus, his minutes have been through the roof, and I assume that's going to come down a bit too once Ellis comes back, and they can count on that second pair more than they do right now. I, I, think, I don't really feel these are slam dunks, but because there is a chance Ekholm stays on the power play or that, you know, tourist minutes go up, but just knowing how Laviolette deals with things, I'd be kind of surprised if both of them can maintain their value from where it's at right now. So are you, would you be willing to say that you're interested in buying PK Subban with the idea that when Alice comes back, Subban will get more minutes? Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, he's been so bad too. You could probably get him for, cheap not so bad but compared to where he uses his shot rate is you know a little over two per game which isn't quite normal but everything else is looking fine he's racking up the power play assists already the penalty minutes are there yeah i would i would buy suban you know he's already playing you know it's 24 minutes i don't know how much that's going to change that's around where it was last year but it did pick up a bit at the end of last year once after he started slow I mean, I really like Nashville too. It's not, it's not a knock on those guys. I mean, gun to head right now, I'd pick them to make the finals in the West. I think they're the most complete team, top to bottom, which somewhat hurts them in fantasy because they're not playing any of these forwards massive minutes outside of Forsberg. Really, they have 
great depth and they're using it. They're playing Benino over 15 minutes. They're playing Turris about 15 minutes. You know, they're playing even Yarn Croak when Johansson's in 10, 12 minutes. So they have their eye on the big picture, keeping everyone fresh, letting their depth do the work in the regular season. I just don't see them pushing these guys more than they are. Like, if you look at where Ekholm and Yossi are now, their game log for their minutes, you know, they're pushing 28 a game on most nights. Yeah, Ekholm only played 20 the last game, but that was because they went up 5 nothing, and he barely had to play in the third period. But before that, you know, 28, 25, 25, 25. I think they want to keep that down a little bit. Again, you look at where Ekholm is, 18 points. His career high is 35. Nine of that's on the power play. His career high is 10. He's shooting 13%. He's never shot better than eight in season before. A lot of it just seems fluky to me, so I would be looking to, to sell him off. He also has a career-high shot rate, and that's still only like just at one and a half a game. So I feel better selling Ekholm. I don't know what you get for him, but he has been playing very well, so maybe you'd be able to get him you know, another, maybe a third defenseman for him that has a better chance of, producing over the rest of the season yeah um, just um, quick before we do three-point challenge we haven't really talked about any of that initial award stuff we're about third of the way through the year now uh, quickly i mean there's six major trophies we don't have to go in depth on these the two of them that are i think are slam dunks the adams has to be gerard Gallant, right yes and, easily. and the vezina is bob or, yep. Okay. I mean, quick. Or wait. Quick. Well, quick. Renee. Like, there's some guys who are kind of close, but I, I just think Bob, for now, is just slightly ahead of all these guys. You look at what Columbus is doing. I mean, they're a point behind New Jersey. They haven't gotten like the massive production out of Panarin or, or anything. Atkinson has been quite poor compared to what we expected. You look in terms of of save percentage throughout the league. You know, Bob is uh, eighth now, but if you kind of go, you know, the top three guys have only played eight games. Dow is ahead of him, too. He's played ten games. Guys who are actually starters, he is behind Vasilevsky, Crawford, Quick, but he's right there. I mean, I, I guess you can make a reasonable debate for Vasilevsky if you wanted to, or Quick, for that matter. Yeah, I, mean, I think. It's, it's even out a bit. I didn't realize uh, Bob's had a couple of poor games in a row to drag him back down. Yeah, I I think Vasilevsky probably gets the Vesna right now. It's so, like, it's so open. I mean there's so Yeah, much. it's really open. I think it's a, probably a four horse race. I don't I don't think Rene is gonna keep in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... I don't know. I mean the team's so good in front of him, but he doesn't he usually doesn't play this well over a full season. He usually ends up having a downswing at some point. So I, yeah. I would agree. Um, Caller Trophy, are you still getting it to Keller? Is it Barzil? Is it Besser? Is it Sergachev? I think it's Barzil right now. That's tough. Um, I, uh, I, you really can't go wrong with it. Yeah, though. no, this is a – like I talked about it on a Thanksgiving podcast, like low-key, very good Caller race. I kind of lean Besser, but – I don't know. Barzil's coming on strong. If I had to pick at the end of the year, I get. I think I would say Barzil, but I think Besser has it right now. 
uh, it's so marginal for sure. Um, the Norris, uh, you know, Petrangelo stormed out in front. Is it still him? Is there somebody else? Uh, it seems like a down year for defensemen, really. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, okay. Yossi if I told play, you that right? John, Car- if I told you that John Carlson had 22 points through 29 games, would you believe me? Yeah. At the start of the year. Yeah. I mean, I've been a Carlson guy for a few years. I remember you were, you were down on him a lot last year and you ended up being kind of right because he was hurt. And then they jerked him around. And got back. <laughs> it, it honestly doesn't surprise me. I mean, when, was it two years ago he played it? He had like 56 points. I'm going to bring it up now. It's, it doesn't come as a complete shock to me. I, you're right. I think he does deserve uh, some credit. He had 55 points there. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, did, the minutes are massive, too. They're using him in a defensive role, and, and he's still producing. So, I, yeah, I think, you know, he isn't getting – he's another guy we could have talked about uh, last week, not getting enough credit for how good he's been. He's pushing three shots yeah. a game. Yeah, the plus minus is bad, but I think that will end up fixing itself too. Yeah, I don't even know. This Norris is a mess. I think Yossi deserves some consideration. Oh. I agree. Um, what do we think about – oh, I guess for um, Calder Trophy, I you know I completely forgot about it. Mikhail Sergachev has 19 points mm-hmm. through 27 games. He only gets 14 and a half minutes a game. Yeah, no, that's and, the reason why I keep saying I would sell him. In fact, uh, I was saying that a few weeks ago I would sell him because the minutes just aren't good enough, but he's still finding a way to produce despite it. It's all on the power play, man. Yeah. He's got 10 power play points. Right. 10 of his 19 points are on the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, If I told you Nick Letty would be second among defensemen <laughs> in points, Dude, he is would you believe me? Pistol. No, that I wouldn't believe you. I mean, he's been good for 45-ish points the last few years, and if you told me he was on pace to get about 50, I'd say, okay, uh, in the 60s, no shot. Uh, you know, Klingberg deserves some credit, too. I mean, there, there are plenty of guys. The Norris, I mean, I don't even know where you'd start right now to pick. Uh, yeah, it's very open mm-hmm. for the Norris, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, for I, sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't really care too much about the Selkie. Uh, who do you have is the uh, heart right now? Um, good God. I don't even know if there's a real, like... I don't think someone's too far ahead. I'll say, I, I would have give it to Kopitar right now, actually. Uh, he's yes. decently over... He's you know well over a point per game. He's on pace for, like... 40 plus 50 actually like a little better than that like 40 plus 55 he's logging huge minutes with uh carter out he's got dustin brown back to being a, a relevant player again the kings are top of the division you know he's just been a monster and they don't have the offensive depth at all behind him like it's tough to pick a tampa guy you know calgary isn't you know goudreau has been great but they have monahan in, in the team itself hasn't been that good i honestly think like Someone from Winnipeg, but again, it's the same thing. Like, do you pick Wheeler or Shifley? Like, where do you where do you pick your spot? All the Blues guys are canceling out each other. Um, Ovechkin's been great; he deserves some mention too. But 
Kopitar just seems like as a standalone option, just like so much better than anything else to have on that team. And they're going to be doing as well as they are. Yeah, Quick deserves a bunch of credit. It's his best season almost ever. But uh, I would give it to Kopitar right now. Yeah, I actually agree with that. It's it's really hard because a lo- there's a lot of stacking at the top in terms of mm-hmm. dominance. Like it's a lot of uh, duos or whole line trios right. that are doing really well, and then you have Kopitar. Like it's one of those. If I t- another if I told you mom, if I told you Dustin Brown would have more points than Jack Eichel, <laughs> twenty nine games into the season, would you believe me? No, I would have said. Fuck, Eichel got hurt again. Right. <laughs> but that didn't happen. Right. Like, And Dustin Brown does have more points than Jack Eichel, which I cannot believe I'm actually saying that as a truthful statement. Mm-hmm. So, like, I agree. I think Kopitar right now is your front runner. But I could definitely see a world where... I don't know, like, does Johnny Tavares get credit for elevating the play of Josh Bailey and Anders Lee? Yeah, I mean, he certainly could play his way into the discussion. Uh, I mean, obviously, one of the Tampa guys still could. Now, the question, I mean, Ovechkin's playing at a 60-goal pace almost. Is he in play? Obviously, if you you end up scoring 55-plus goals, you're always in play. If Edmonton can get back in it, McDavid's going to be the reason why and then he'll probably be the front runner honestly i just not too sure that's going to happen yeah um, even the flyers guys i mean board check has been amazing but they, they they're not going to give it to a team who's doing that poorly you know, i picked philly to finish last in the division i would be kind of surprised if they didn't at this point yeah uh they have issues that is it mostly goaltending i haven't seen too many of their games but, like, their defense core doesn't seem terrible. Yeah, it's they not really good either, good... though. I mean, Provo right, it's not is great. good in Gosses Barrett for, you know, an offensive guy. But the defense is still pretty poor. The top line scoring, the second line's starting to, but they haven't been before. They're not getting any secondary scoring. Really. Like, Konechny's got nine points. Patrick was hurt. He's only got six in 19 games. Phil Poulos actually giving them decent points depth points but he uh he just doesn't really do anything for me um but yeah you, you got a 909 from elliot neuvers was okay 915 but uh, it's the same issue it's been goaltending with them for so long outside of the one year mason gave them good goaltending that it's just gonna keep bearing them i guess yeah um just looking around here to see if there's like anyone anyone to me that's standing out like a dark horse not really no it's it's a lot of the usual suspects otherwise i mean as good as vegas has been they don't really have anyone that's in that category you you don't really see it i mean like (laughs) if colorado could somehow keep winning Stay relevant. Then I think McKinnon McKinnon becomes a serious consideration. But I just I don't see that happening either. Right. So many of these teams just have multiple guys that it's just hard to pick one. Okay. Here here's a question: How many points would a forward have to have on a team that doesn't make the playoffs in order to win the Hart Trophy? 
I don't even know. Some people probably just wouldn't vote them at all. It's almost impossible. Like, he'd probably – I mean, if McDavid got 100 points, because I assume you're talking about him, really. Uh, if he got over 100 points, 110 points, maybe they vote that way. But hockey writers are kind of, like, old school with this, uh, like how baseball used to be. The MVP, they don't want to give an MVP to a guy on a bad team, even though Mike Trout's still the best player. And if it wasn't for him, the, the Angels might as well not exist as of, like, you know, two, three years ago. I just don't think they would vote for him. But if he stormed the league and had, yeah, if he had 110 points or something, maybe. But, I mean, at this point, Kucherov's playing at a 120-point pace. If he gets to a 100 or 105 and McDavid beats him by five points, but Tampa Bay has 40 more points, or not 40 more points, let's say 25 to 30 more points than the Oilers, then I would see them voting for him over McDavid then. So, it's right. so stacked against a guy from a bad team getting in or getting the heart, I mean. Yeah, I think there is a threshold, though. Like There is somewhere. I if, just don't know why. It's, it's hard to say it's a re- it is. I mean, it's really hard to do a uh, like something like that. Like I like the uh, R- Rocket Richard trophy. Like, okay, who statistically has the most goals at the end of the year? Perfect. I can give someone this award. Not, not too complicated. For who is the best – who's the most valuable forward to their team? Well, now I have a bunch of different criteria that I could weigh. I'm at that point, I become the playoff uh, fo- college football playoff selection committee mm-hmm. where I can vote however way I want at that point. So, yeah, I'm trying to see if anyone's ever, uh, ever even won the hard trophy without, uh, making the playoffs. Uh, apparently it's happened four times. Uh, the most recent was 87, 88, which is, uh, was Mario Lemieux. He had, uh, 168 points in 78 games. Uh, and Gretzky missed 16 games that year. And so that's probably the reason why. Otherwise you're looking at, uh, Andy Bathgate in 59. He, he ripped it up for the Rangers. They missed the playoffs by one point, uh, goaltender Al Rollins and then Tommy Anderson during World War II. It's just so rare to happen that I just couldn't expect it. He'd have to win the scoring total by like 20 points or something, I think. Uh, Let's get to to the three-point challenge for tonight. So we got Arizona's at Boston, Islanders at Pittsburgh. Interesting game. Calgary on the back-to-back against Montreal looked great last night. They didn't get the win. Does do they come out defeated or do they just keep up that great play? Uh, Colorado at Tampa, yeah, Winnipeg at Florida, Dallas at St. Louis is probably the marquee game of the night. Uh, Philly at Vancouver, Ottawa at L.A., Carolina at San Jose. I had another two-point game naturally. No one else did, I don't think. I'll let you go ahead. I'll run down the top 10. Uh, it's actually uh, 11 guys we can't take. Kucherov, Stamkos, Goudreau, Wheeler, Kopitar, Shifley, Kessel, Schwartz, Voracek, and then tied for 10th is McDavid and Braden Shen. Also, Braden uh, Shen and Schwartz, plus 22 already. It's just ridiculous how good they've been. Like, I just never saw this coming. Like, And Shen hasn't even been as good on the power play as he was in uh, Philadelphia, 
I'm trying to I'll bring up the numbers now. I wrote about it uh, the other day for my daily notes. But Shen's career high in even strength points in the season is 32. He already has 25 in 28 games. It's just unbelievable yeah. what they're doing. All right, I'm going to go with Brock Besser. Uh, I think they have a great spot. They're at home against Philadelphia. Philadelphia just came off a big win on the road at Edmonton last night. Um, this is just prime letdown game here. Uh, I think Besser is going to just do work against this Flyers defense. Yeah, uh, give me Besser on this one. I like it. I'm going to go with uh, Brad Marchand at home against Arizona. The top line starting to play a little better. Arizona's just a mess. And Boston, you can't afford to like not play this top line 18 to 20 minutes every night until they get three goals ahead. They just lack so much depth that I can see all three of those guys having three-point nights. Honestly, it's going to be expensive to stack them in DFS. But if you're a person who makes multiple lineups, I would be sure to have that stack on at least one of them. I agree. So, uh, I'm going to get this podcast up right away. Uh, usual stuff. A uh, five-star review really would help uh, go a long way. Uh, if you or anyone you know wants to sponsor the podcast, reach out to us in the comment section or uh, Twitter, however you want to do it. I'm at Viz. Reed is at Reed Cash with the K17. Uh, anything you want us to talk about next week, put it in the comment section. Again, at hockey.rasball.com. Anything else, Reed? No, that's about it. I'm just looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to the slate of games today, tonight. I I think Colorado at Tampa is going to be a shootout. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be a good game. I mean, Colorado's playing yeah. better than uh, we expected for sure. Uh, so that's it for now. Uh, enjoy some hockey. Uh, get some Christmas shopping done. Don't put it off too long. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> or else you're going to be throwing elbows at Canadians in the uh, in the outlet yeah. malls on uh, December 23rd, yeah. a.k.a. my favorite time of the year. <laughs> Literally just throw bows everywhere. <laughs> That's Out sure. of my way, um, poutine. But... <laughs> uh, shout out again to Saudi Arabia and Angola for listening. Uh, yeah, seriously. We'll be back next week either on uh, Tuesday or Thursday. So until next time, take it easy, everybody. Yep, take care of them. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.